It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 15th day of November, 2015. We're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser. And we're going to discuss uh, what is new material evidence and uh, the uh, reasonable doubt or the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and what is clear and un- unmistakable error, uh, as well as a few other things. Oh, this is October. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is the 15th day of October. Did I say November? Well, it, uh, it's all... What's paying attention, Joe? Well, I, anyway, we got a correction here. Sorry about that, folks. This is October. Well, I guess it is. My daughter just had a birthday yesterday. <laughs> Seemed like I'd remember, remember that. But... Anyway, uh, John, what's this uh, new and material evidence? Is that something that just crops up or something you just remembered or what? Title 38 CFR Part 3, 3.400. New and material evidence. I think that's what it is. Anyhow, I could be wrong with the issue, but... New material evidence is, that's what it is, new and material. For example, you file a claim with the VA, and the VA looks at your claim, and they keep it about a year, and they send you a letter saying you're denied because the evidence doesn't show that you hurt yourself or got shot in service. So you get dejected, and you let it die, and you let it fall. After a year later, you start talking to your buddies again, they pump you up and say, hell, let's file it again. V says in order to reopen this claim, you got to have new material evidence. Okay, during the time that you um, had closed your claim, they closed your claim for you. You run into a buddy that you was in service with. Hey, man, death remember seeing you get shot. You know, second he writes, he writes a statement for you that you got shot, and that buddy has another buddy that worked at the infirmary you went to, and he remembers sewing you up. He writes you a buddy letter. Well, guess what? That letter he wrote you is new evidence. He saw you get shot. And the buddy that sold you up, well, he sold you up and fixed you. That's material because it's material to the claim. That's right. And, uh, you know, um, the one that sold you up probably was a... a uh, RN or nurse practitioner or something sewed you up. So uh, these buddy statements are real important. And if you're going to use them, uh, be sure to look them up in the 38 CFRs because a layperson can write a, a buddy letter. For instance, they witness something. Uh, for instance, if you was over in Iraq or somewhere and you got uh, blew up, uh, blew, you know, uh, uh, got a, a TBI, uh, and someone witnessed that uh, happening and that you were unconscious for a certain period of time, uh, they could write a buddy statement to that effect. And... And that puts a lot more validity into your claim. Uh, these buddy statements are, are uh, although the VA a lot of times tries to downplay them, uh, they can be extremely uh, uh, critical and, uh, you know, for adjudicator to uh, look at this and, and uh, or raider and say, you know, it's it's kind of hard 
turn this one down. He's got these buddy statements here. Uh, you can have more than one. You can have several. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, believe, I believe this actually happened, and uh, especially if you're dealing with something, uh, exposure issue. If you was exposed to uh, TBI, uh, traumatic brain injury, is, is a good example. Uh, because many of those individuals uh, or veterans, uh, they try to push them off as personality disorders or what have you, or uh, some other thing other than what they actually are. And a buddy statement in in an instance like that, uh, someone that actually witnessed the event happening could be critical, and and that could make the difference in uh, getting your claim settled in a year or ten years, you know. Uh, That's kind of what that would be. Yeah, or 14 years, absolutely. Uh, But, uh, so, this new... uh, Material evidence is is always uh, critical if you're reopening a, a claim uh, with something like that. Uh, a buddy statement is good at any time. Uh, uh, be sure to include it in when you file your claim or uh, submit it uh, in support of your claim. Uh, that's that's important. Well, so, as, long as, the mater- as long as the evidence journal is new and material. New means it's got to be new, and new is they've never seen it before. Okay? That's a big issue. Yeah. They've never seen it before. Material means it must have some bearing on the claim. It must be material, you know, have material weight. Okay, that's the issue. They can say evidence is not new material. Don't ever give up, folks. Always keep your claim open with appeals. Don't let one get past the one year because, contrary to popular belief, once a claim leaves the walls of that regional office and gets to the Board of Veteran Appeals, a lot more legal precedence comes into play. I've seen that firsthand. And your claim is in a lot better hands at the BVA and higher levels because they look at things more than the regional office does and with a little more intensity, too. So don't make a mistake that a lot of veterans have made and let something die or fall apart on you and then try to reopen later on. And do not, by any means, take the advice of a veteran service organization to tell you that you don't have a chance. Okay. Do not take the advice because it's bad advice. You know, always get help. Go to hadit.com. They'll show you the way to go. Come up to us and we'll tell you how to go and where to go and tell you who to go with. We see it every day in our in our travels throughout the VA world. Uh, uh, you know, you hear about that all too too often, John, where uh, a veteran service organization uh, will tell tell a veteran, you just don't have nothing here. And, and the only yeah. reason I think they do is they're lazy. They don't want to do the work. Uh, uh, there's a lot of work gets... Uh, into one of these claims, you got to do an awful lot of research and what have you. And uh, some of them are just plain lazy. And some of them will take your claim on and and just sit on it. <laughs> that ain't no good oh, yeah. either. <laughs> if you got uh, a little claim out there that's one word claim, pretty easy. Well, they jump all over that. But you add any complexity to it. 
You tell the guys you got these issues, he looks at your stuff. Well, you turn around and look, he's done going to the bar store head halfway down the street running. Help! It's like a wild coyote time. Yeah. That's the problem. You claim, if your claim's complex, if your claim's going to be a hard one, they're going to run from it. But I have to tell you some bad news, folks. Attorneys do the same thing from what I've seen. Cherry picking claims.
Well, less okay, so. likely means you're screwed. <laughs> uh, well, that means you're getting poked, but no, was not due to it means she's 100% sure. But if they turn around and say more likely than not, it means they're 75% sure. And if it was due to, it means they're, they're positive that it happened in service. Okay? Yeah. There's the benefit of the doubt rule. That, at least as likely or not, kicks that in. Okay? So you should yeah. get your claim awarded. However, in a perfect world, that's the way it goes. But then it goes back in front of the regional office, and they re-adjudicate and look at everything, and then they take the evidence, and they weigh it, and they think about it, and scratch their heads about it. And if they can't get the negative decision they want, they might turn around and send you to another CMP exam. You follow me, Gerald? Yeah, they say the person wasn't cleared enough. Yeah. They might send you to another nurse practitioner because we're fishing for negative opinion. And, folks, we call that doctor shopping in our world. If they doctor shop to get you to get a denial, they should be called on it. Because if I go doctor shopping, I get in trouble. If Jura goes doctor shopping, he gets in trouble. People do it all the time. It's on drugs. They go to one doctor to the next trying to get their next prescription. Prescription. That's doctor shopping. So <laughs> anything that gets to a benefit should be illegal. So I hope we cover that up. You know, it's a, we hope that they don't think it's a doubt to benefit, you know. <laughs> we doubt the best. <laughs> What's number three, Gerald? Oh, uh, clear and, and unmistakable error. Oh, wow. make a clear and unmistakable error. And, and that's called a Q claim. Right. And, uh, any, any, even if you, you've been awarded compensation, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you might say, well, look, they, they give me 20%, but according to the 38 CFR, I, I should add uh, uh, 40%. Right. Well, they could they could have made an error there. So you can, you can do a, you can send them a, Call ask the VA to cue their sales. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. But what you have to do is, if you receive a, if you even if you receive a favorable decision, okay, if you receive a favorable decision and you disagree with it because they, it said you had twenty percent, but they turn around and and you think you that the reg, the reg said that you you should get sixty percent for that you know issue. You should file a notice of disagreement on that first and take it to the regular channels because they really don't like or allow to CQ claims on claims that are not fully fully adjudicated. Did you know that? Yeah. You know what a fully adjudicated claim is? That's, yeah. So you really shouldn't file a, now. For example, now if you were then say yeah, about a year after you get your decision and you start looking at them after that decision next thing you know you say well they made a mistake you call them they say sorry about your luck it's been a year that's when you file a Q claim because if they misapply the rating schedule and the regulations that's a legal error that's what Q is Q is a legal error and that error in which reasonable minds will differ from the original decision. Understand that? Yeah, that's what I had to do on my ears because of the uh, give me a zero rating on my tinnitus. Mm. <coughs> when, yeah. When they should, should have given me 10%. That's right. Before I realized that a year was up and up. Uh, uh, 
based on a cue, based on mm-hmm. actually chemical exposure. Chemical <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> exposure, okay. But uh, they did make the thing, you know, they did correct that issue. So uh, it tickled me. At least something went right. Yes, it did. I'm glad it did. You know, that's the way it should be. But now, clear unmistakable error is kind of hard to win in a lot of cases. You have to show they made the error, and you have to show the error they made was a legal error, you know, regarding your claim, which basically is the element of law involved with the claims process itself. Now, Title 38 CFR is, we we call that boss, boss rule, okay? That's a level one, and uh, level one means uh, that it's the top dog, it's a law. The VA has a working copy they call DM-21, which is their working instruction manual in order to to, to do claims. And uh, they try to bring a lot more interpretation in that part. Of course, they try to interpret the law all the time, you know, but the law's the law, right? That's right. So, the, even uh, though they try to... 38, 38 CFR is your weapon. Uh, it's all you have, and uh, uh, whenever you file your claims, you uh, you use this 38 CFR, and it uh, uh, although you might interpret it one way, and the BA interprets it another. Right. You well, you look at the you always. CFR. When you get your decision letters, I always read it very thoroughly. Read your, read the reason, the basis behind the rating. Uh, everybody gets them. It takes you specifically by your case and looks at the regs and everything, and they state, well, uh, this veteran's got pulmonary hypertension. This should be a 100% rating versus the rating schedule. However, we feel your pulmonary hypertension is not severe enough, so we awarded you 60%. Where's the cue in that, Gerald? Well, it'd be uh, a pulmonary hypertension to be a hundred percent rating, wouldn't it? Not it. Title thirty-eight uh, CFR part, yeah, part four yeah, says if you yeah, in all in lung diseases, in interstitial lung disease, restrictive lung disease, and obstructive lung disease, all three of those ratings, there is a at the first paragraph on hundred percent rating down toward the bottom of the paragraph. It says all the, you know, it's got your DLCO, your readings, your DLCO, your lung capacity, and things like that have to be at a certain level to meet 100%. Then here comes the big word, or. Or pulmonary hypertension, shown on the echocardiogram or heart cath. It doesn't say or pulmonary hypertension at what level. If you're diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension, that means you have to have a pulmonary artery pressure reading above 25 the closer to 30, the better. So if you've got that, you've got pulmonary hypertension. And them, in order to try to lowball you and say they don't think you're sick enough, means they're playing doctor and they don't have a license to practice medicine. Understand? That's right. That's yeah, when you so. can come back with them with the 38 CFR mm-hmm. and... Uh, send them a notice of disagreement because uh, right. they did the wrong thing. But the regional office will likely change and reconsider your claim. If you look at it and you blow past them and tell them you, don't, you want it to the BVA, you want it out of there, they'll look at it and they know, they'll know because they know what the BVA is going to do as soon as they see that. They're gonna get they're gonna get their hand slapped by the BVA because they know it's coming back to them and they gotta rate it. In order to avoid the embarrassment of going to the BVA and getting put back on notice, or to get their hand slapped because see they get rated on the claims they do. They get rated you know they get uh, they get judged on how they do if they do it how they do the job and whether it's successful or not or what they do, and the number of claims they get across the desk. Well, if they award something and it's not done right. That also gigs them, and you probably lose bonus money, see. 
So I'm thinking if you take it and you tell me you want to go to BVA, they'll still look at it, and you may not make it to the BVA. Understand, Gerald? Yeah, well, they might award it right then and there. Yeah, so, I mean, there's little tricks and well, things like that should. you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the main issues on filing the claim is staying away from these complex claims. Uh, yeah. Uh, one issue at a time, like if you got TBI or uh, traumatic brain injury, just file a claim for TB uh, traumatic brain injury. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you can, now some sometimes you're put in a predicament where you don't have that option. Uh, you got uh, multiple issues. They can be associated to the uh, exposure issues yep. or notorious. Secondary notorious. Uh, you got your primary, your, your secondary, and your secondary is no good till you get your primary award. <laughs> right. uh, and that's what you run into. And, uh, yeah, like I say, your most complex claims your exposure issues, uh, like if you was around the burn pits, I, I know any of you veterans that were there around the burn pits, uh, uh, you're dealing with that, uh, multiple issues, and and it, it, the BA sure don't make it easy on you. No, it doesn't make it easy at all. It doesn't make it easy. Now, if you're doing a claim that you've got a lot of second issues based on the first issue, go ahead and get your – that's probably go ahead and read the file everything. Even though it makes it a more complex claim, the major issue is the primary the primary rateable condition. And diabetes is a big one because you got – say, for example, you're a Vietnam veteran and you've got diabetes and you file a claim, but you've got peripheral neuropathy and a bunch of other stuff to go along with diabetes, then that should fall into place too if you got a claim. But if you've got a bunch of different issues too, like, for example, you have TBI – and uh, you've got blood pressure problems, things like that, you know, things that can be rateable. You need to look at, look at your, write it down, see which one's going to take care of you the most, the quickest. For example, uh, if you think you got a TBI, you should be entitled to an SMC and everything else if you're severe enough, right? Well, the VA's been tricking veterans and saying the TBI's turning into PTSD and not giving them nothing, 10% for the TBI. That's not right. So if anybody's been a, and a victim of that, uh, been a victim of that, uh, atrocity uh you don't have you know say you got 10 percent. you you got an award if you disagree with that award okay and i'll make it put you in the appeal process so you don't have to wait you can get an attorney right then and i know a law firm that actually does that they're working some cases right now is burgling more if you've been low low on a tbi you need to, to listen to the hat it shows with uh, vet lawyers because they, they've explained that a couple of times on the shows or just contact them directly at vetlawyers.com, send a little information to them, and uh, Alicia will talk to you and tell you, you know, what they think, and they'll take you, probably take your case if it's a good one, which it probably is. Yeah, uh, uh, these TBI uh, cases, uh, and you know, John, uh, we discussed this, my land, a long time back when uh, uh, we started having our, our veterans come with their uh, TBI injuries, and uh, we were, we've been on top of this for the longest time. Uh, uh, we more or less predicted what they was going to do, and mm -hmm. sure enough, they did. They they come back and said, okay, uh, uh, you got a personality disorder. You know, it just... It, we just start screaming. <laughs> it's nothing new, Gerald. I mean, back in the back in the '60s and '70s, military people started getting uh, they get a little bit uh, upset stuff. They started getting discharged out of the military back during Vietnam, you know, because they would snap or something. And uh, this is actually PTSD that caused them to do it. But they started saying this guy's got a personality disorder, and they were putting them out left and right with a per and they actually had PTSD. So this is just, it's just coming back around. They're doing the same thing now that they were doing to the poor 
uh, PTSD guys back in Vietnam. Okay, it all comes. What come, it's, it's just it's just come back around. So it's got to be fought a certain way too. You know, if they can get things straightened out, and uh, you know, of course now it should be a lot better than what it is. But the old tricks are still there. Uh, still, uh, I know we see a lot of issues with TBI, and it, uh, it it's sort of like in the same category as the exposure issue. Unless you got a bullet hole in you or something, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, your arms and legs blew off, they don't want to recognize yeah. you, and yeah. it's it's a horrible situation because some of these uh, poor people. I mean, tell you, they uh, if you've been knocked out for twenty or thirty minutes. Uh, that's substantial, and, and more than likely, you're going to have some brain lesions or something. Now you're going to you're have, have some white matter or something showing up. You yeah, know, and, you uh, and and right now you might be doing okay, uh, but you put a few years on and in the workforce. And that's when you're going to start noticing the big difference. Uh, things um, start happening. The sooner you can get treatment, the better. I mean, if you can get treatment early on, you can really reduce the uh, problems you're going to have later on. Don't mean you're not going to have them, but you can. Uh, you'll know better how to cope with them. And let me give you. Let me give you an example, Drew. Yeah, go ahead. Let me give you a straight-up example. Uh, if you sustain a bony-type injury in service, say you did it back in the 80s and, you know, you've, you've hurt your neck or your back one, and after that you say you healed up and stuff and you was able to stay in and do your job, 20 years later you wake up and you can't move, you know, your arms start to get stiffened up and you start getting cramps and muscle cramps and things like that. Basically, what you've done is injured your injured your, your your body in the service. But over time, early onset arthritis comes in, especially if you've got a break. And that arthritis keeps growing and growing inside your body, so it starts messing you up, it starts pinching nerves off and things like that. So that's what we talk about time, because time is your enemy. You know, and uh, so that's when you don't realize the full effect of what happened to you until you get older. That's true, you know it, Drew? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I think we can both testify to that. Uh, you have that right, sir. You, know, you uh, don't realize when you're you're younger and you're able to to march on, you know. And, mm-hmm. But when it does hit you, it, it, it's like running into a brick wall. Okay. So, Drew, let's take a 30 second intermission. Let's pay some bills, run a commercial, and then when we come back, Gerald's okay. got a treat for you, folks. We're going to go back through, and Gerald's going to rehash the five elements on winning a claim. This is a must listen, so stay tuned. You're listening to the com radio show. com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind. Not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Gerald, lead us into this uh, one and only five elements of winning a claim. This is a, it's something you guys need to listen to because it's got a lot of good insight and information. Well, I always looked at this, John, as the very basics uh, to winning the claim. I mean, you got to cover all five of these, but I I believe that uh, when you look at it, it's, it's certainly a good rule of thumb. Yeah, well, it's even in the 38 CFR, as a matter of fact, that's where I got it. <laughs> 
one is veteran status. Uh, they want to know what your condition is. I mean, you know, uh, what's wrong? Why are you filing this claim? What's your status here? Did you serve? Did you serve? Now, their status is: Did you serve the proper amount of time to qualify for benefits? What is your discharge? Is it honorable? That's the first thing they look at, Gerald. Keep going. Yeah, that's true. They uh, that's right. you have to show your DD two fourteen, uh, and uh, so you're. You have an ailment, uh, sugar diabetes or TBI or whatever, whatever your ailment, and you 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 say, well, I had this ailment because of my involvement in the service of what happened to me in the service, and and so uh, that leads us into number two. The existence of a disability. This is your disability. What's your disability? I have sugar diabetes. I have a TBI. Or I walk with a gant because, you know, I got a bad back now from where I got hurt in the service. You know, you could have that covers all your disabilities, uh, and uh, a lot of times your disabilities will will generate what they call secondary disabilities, and uh, they're all important too. But first, you got to get the primary ones taken care of, and then come back on the secondary. I don't know why the VA makes it so rough on Number three is a connection between the veteran service and the disability. In other words, a nexus, I think, is the proper term for it. You have to show a nexus. Nexus. I was in Vietnam, and and, uh, therefore I got my sugar diabetes from being exposed to Agent Orange in Vietnam. I had boots on the ground or uh, I got blew out of the tank and that's the reason I got a TBI injury uh, or whatever, you know. They gave you 20% when you said it had 60%, right? 
Well, that's because they screwed up the degree of disability because I gave you a lower rating. That's called a low, that's a Q, because it didn't apply the proper parts of the regulations. Again, the regs still control that, okay? So that's where, that's where they come up with degrees of disability. They give them a test to, to get the level of PTSD or to even determine what type of mental health disease they do have. It's a, uh, it's a pretty pretty strenuous test, I hear. I know a couple of folks have taken it. They used to use something else. They used to use a gas score to help determine that, but they quit using that. Okay. The global assessment function. And the global assessment function came up with a set, with a set of numbers. The lower number you were, the worse off you were. Most folks are getting rated, you know, 60 or lower. But let's say if you had a rating in the 40s, uh, then they would determine, well, this guy should be 100%. Um, you don't want to score too low on one of them tests, folks. If you score too low on one of them tests, the VA can really make your life hard. If uh, they don't think you can pay your bills, they will sign you a fiduciary. And you really don't want that to happen unless you are where you can't pay your bills if somebody needs to do it. You know what I mean, Joe? Yeah. Uh, boy, we've heard a lot of horrors uh, about them fiduciaries. Uh, yes, sir. Some of them are not really good, and they control all your funds. And, and, and uh, they've got so many of them being just ripping poor veterans off. My land, that's horrible. Anytime they get access to free money, they're going to try to take it, Gerald. Well, the VA even the, does even the VA does it. Yeah. You know what? Even the VA well, does yeah, it. Well, you just. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a bad deal. So if we show these vessels uh, we're seeing the amount of time, that means we get good appraisals and we get bonuses. Phoenix. Veterans were dying because they wouldn't get in the care that the VA said they were getting. Remember that? Yeah, they out and out lied, didn't they? <laughs> Money controls it all, buddy. I mean, they, they're going to do what they can do to get their hands on that money. Uh, and then that, that brings us to our next and last one here. Um... Uh, the effective date of the disability. Ooh. Now, that can, uh, for some of the older veterans, that can go back, uh, you know, that can really vary. As a rule of thumb, they go from the date you first file your claim. Mm -hmm. uh, for younger veterans getting out of the service, uh, if they file their claim within a year, don't it go back to the date of their discharge, John? If you file your claim in the first year, yes. It goes go back, back to the day after you got out. Day after yeah. you got out. So that's critical to get the claim filed uh, for you younger veterans. Don't wait over a year. Get it filed uh, if you have some issues. Uh and uh, now older veterans, uh, we, well, uh, uh, you know, it, if it takes them 10 years to, to award your claim uh, because they're just messing around instead of doing their jobs, then they owe you 10-year retro back pay, uh, whatever mm -hmm. percentage uh, they awarded you. Now, uh, I think you just had an incident here. Wasn't that your grandpa, uh, John? That uh, he he passed away, but they'd already awarded his claim, and they didn't mm -hmm. uh, pay him yet. So when the money got in the bank, then they uh, uh, come in and snatch up the money plus some extra money. Yep. They did. You gotta watch these. 
these folks. Uh, uh, now, uh, so uh, it's it's important to be as soon as you're aware that you have an issue with the VA and an ailment that you can contribute to your time in service. Uh, file a claim as soon as possible and uh, use these five elements of a claim to uh, kind of guide you. There's other things I like to add in, like if you have an IME, a medical opinion from your doctor, uh, sometimes, or a DBQ, uh, uh, they uh, seem to be going strong on DBQs at this point in time. I'm I'm not too hard on DBQs, uh, but uh, still, an IME, independent medical opinion from your doctor, personal doctor, and if you can get a, a VA doctor to write one, uh, that's all, that's good too in your favor. And uh, uh, you know, or if you don't have an IME, you can get an IMO, uh, uh, independent medical opinion. Your files, their files should match 
Right. When the two piles don't don't equal each other, then you're going to have some issues. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes, it'll take, <laughs> sometimes it'll take years to get them resolved. In a nutshell, folks, what Gerald's really trying to tell you, if you got a claim on going or you have an intention of filing a claim with the VA, you need to sit down and be very, very organized, and you need to make it as simple as possible for the VA. You need to cut out any complexity at all with your claim. Because you fill a fully developed claim out, you send it in to them, and they detect any complexity whatsoever, they're going to kick it out of the FTC process and put it in the regular claims process. Do you know that, Gerald? Yes, I do. And uh, so. it's unfortunate. However, we do know some... A couple that I've read there on had it that uh, went with the uh, fully developed claim and, and did okay by it, but it was uh, simple cases, you know. It wasn't complex Very simple. claim. Yeah. And uh, that worked out great. But any, any little slight issue, they'll kick that thing back and throw it in the regular claims process, and then you, you start the... And you start the hamster wheel. Start that hamster wheel. <laughs> they don't let you off the water, that sucker. The old hamster wheel. Get on board the hamster wheel. He gets you on that wheel, that blue gas music starts paying the land, and you look up in three years have gone by. <laughs> I hope this show cleared up some questions. We had some questions about Ben for that on had it, so I'm sure that the membership can take this information and use it. You know, always listen to these shows, the archives. You'll learn something. You'll learn a whole lot over the history of these shows. I mean, I even take some of these shows. People will reply. I want to know a question on had it. I'll take the show. I'll copy the link to it and answer the question with the show. So, I mean, that's... Has got the resources there for you, and they're for, you know that's what they are. They're for you. They're your resources. Yeah. Whatever issue you have, chances are there's been others on had it there that's had the same issues. Just type that into the search engine there at had it, and uh, it'll take you right to to the uh, where you need to be, and you can read on. Your particular ailment, no matter what it is. Right. Uh, and folks, don't let that don't let that thirteen thousand don't let that thirteen thousand number on the membership total had it scare you, okay? Because thirteen thousand is a drop in the bucket. There are hundreds of thousands of veterans use had it dot com, you know, every year. With over well over a million hits yeah. a year. Do you know that, Gerald? Yes, a million hits a year. There's a Plus. lot of people come to this Public contact. A wonderful yeah, person to talk to. Great attitude. Veteran himself. Yeah. A disabled vet himself. Treat you right. And uh, he yeah. operates that that organization. I mean, it. Uh, if you have an issue, they get it uh, mm -hmm. quickly resolved. I'm telling you, uh, they're good people. And, yeah, they're out of Denver. They do a good job. If Glenn's group, if Glenn's group were in the regional office, would there be no need for Hadit. dot com? No, it wouldn't be no backlog. <laughs> and we'd be out of a job. <laughs> yeah, I guess we would. Well, I don't know. Maybe we could take 
we'd have to go no. we'd have to go on CNN or something to do our show. <laughs> All the time, we could be special, special. What do you call them? Uh, uh, oh, I forget the name. Special what? delegates, or what do you call them? Uh, contributors. Contributors. Yeah. Contributors. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or we could be uh, speakers for hire. <laughs> yeah. speakers what it is. They did a pretty good job. You yeah. Know, I mean, yeah. That's a good thing to get into, the motivational speaking. Well, you know, I like I to get I like to do some motivational speeches for these veterans. Yeah. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Maybe North said it right. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will okay. be, will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always liked those things. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> now we're showing her age, girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I guess so. Uh, it doesn't matter, though. I mean, we'll keep doing this as long as we can, as long as health will let us do it, you know, getting this information out to these veterans and, Make sure that they're, you know, they they're wise to the program, and uh, hopefully it helps them. Well, the, the guests we have on are are usually uh, very uh, specialized in their fields. You're and top we, notch. We do have doctors and, and attorneys and P, uh, people with PhDs and. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had some really wonderful guest speakers on. It's just VA people. Uh, we've had uh, over the years we've been doing this. We've had several hundred guests, and uh, so you know. And, but that's what we do. We try and we do shows like this stuff, you know, because we have questions and things like that. And whatever. it's good to re- reiterate and rehash on stuff. You know, because a lot of folks, uh, uh, you know, people forget stuff over time. And it's good to, re- well, to revitalize. Yeah, well. Uh, the uh, uh, We don't want to be too repetitious, but every now and then we will do uh, uh, probably a different angle on it, but it'll be about the same thing. Because we want to keep this fresh in your minds. Uh, and two, uh, remember, we're getting new members all the time in the in the habit. Right. And uh, uh, they're not familiar with, with a lot of this, so therefore it kind of brings them up to speed. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, main thing, we want to work together and any... Anything that could help out veterans. We're not here to badmouth the VA, although uh, it might sound like it. Uh, we we just point out their faults. Uh, of course, that could be a show in itself. Uh, yeah, speaking of faults, speaking <laughs> of faults, that movie San Andreas is out on DVD, Joe. Have you watched that one? That's got the rock, Dwayne Johnson, and y'all get that and watch it. Pretty good movie. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> We're out of uh, time, buddy. <laughs> well, I hate to quit. I'm just starting to get wound yeah. up. <laughs> I know it.
You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio yep. Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Master Show. But I think we did a good one today. Sounded good. I think we did really good. Well, I'm going to run over to the iPhone place so I can get my phone fixed or get a new one. Uh, I'll see you after a while, buddy. I can take a fix it. I don't know. Maybe they got a refurbished one. All right, I'll catch you later, buddy. Okay. See you, buddy.